Hi, hope you're all well. I'm Viv and I'm the face behind Skin Farmer Aesthetics in Stockton on Tees. And although it's a different time uh, of the week, uh, Sunday morning, um, I'm going to be doing another live with um, a guest uh, joining us. Uh, hi Stuart, hope you're well. And this week, myself and Sonny, who normally do the lives, Sonny's unfortunately um, tied up with some other bits and pieces, but he'll hopefully be back on Thursday when we'll be doing another live. But this, this evening in Australia, in Sydney, I've got the very nice Stuart Turner from Vimo, uh, Vino in Australia. I'll just add him on now. I'll let him introduce himself once he's uh, joined up. Shouldn't be too long. Hi, Stuart. Hey, Viv. How are you going? Fine, fine. It's uh, not too difficult a time for you right now, is it? No, it's perfect. It's, uh, it's actually a good time. Great, great. Thanks for joining me. Um, as I was just mentioning, Sonny, unfortunately, is tied up with some of the bits and pieces. Let's just say for Halloween's sake, he's, he's stuck in a haunted house somewhere and can't get out. Hopefully, hopefully he'll be free by Thursday next week, so we'll see what happens yeah. then. Um, Thanks for that picture. That My friends love that one. Oh, right. I thought it'd be nice just to put a Halloween theme in the, uh, towards what we were doing this evening. So uh, thanks very much for joining me. Um, just to uh, just to let everyone know, you're based in Sydney in Australia, Stuart, and you run Vino uh, Australia. And just to introduce yourself, basically, tell, tell us a little bit about what, what you do, um, how you've progressed to where you are now. And... The, the different things, the different types of things that you do, and we'll go into more detail afterwards, if that's all right. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, so Vino is a big ultrasound company, and they have distributors all over the world. So um, we've been the distributor, Real-Time Ultrasound Machines has been the distributor, which is my company for Vino for the last seven years. Um, and we work in all sorts of fields. So uh, musculoskeletal ultrasound, we do obstetrics and women's health. Um, and this year we've done a lot in the aesthetic world, which has been fantastic. Yeah. 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 What, about, um, what about your background? You're a trained physiotherapist, is that right? That's right. So when I was at school, I wanted to be a physio. So um, that's how my career started about uh, almost 20 years ago now. Um, so I went into to physio and came out doing exactly what I wanted to do, which is working with the sports team. Um, and in private practice as well. And I did that for probably about, you know, five or so years before I started to get interested in ultrasound. So the, basically the way I got introduced to ultrasound was through using it in my physio practice. Right, right. And so you've progressed um, working as a physiotherapist, you've got into the whole area of ultrasound use. Um, how, how did you, how did it come about? getting from physiotherapy into the whole arena of ultrasound use. Did you start using it in your physiotherapy work and it progressed from there? I did. So, I mean, one thing that I found working as a physio was that, um, you know, in Australia anyway, we're actually quite limited in the type of stuff that we can do. So once you've been a physio in Australia for a short amount of time, and for me it was about five years, you find that you're doing the same thing over and over again. So I was looking for something new, uh, you know, to kind of add to the practice to keep me interested. Um, and ultrasound was something that other physios were using in particular to look at the core muscles. So we were looking at muscles which, 
you know, at the time, um, people really thought that they were very much connected to back pain, and, and a lot of people still do. And we were using ultrasound for this really specific purpose in physio that other professionals, you know, say radiology or sonography, they wouldn't use ultrasound for this. So, you know, it was very uh, specific to physio um, in the same way that I think now in aesthetics, you know, aesthetic, you know, practitioners are starting to use ultrasound in a way that's very specific to their practice. Um, so anyway, so I started doing it for that reason. And, you know, I, I really fell in love with it because you could see exactly what was going on under the skin surface. Um, but just as importantly, the patients absolutely loved it as well, because it's one thing to kind of tell somebody something or show it to them in a textbook. But when you can actually show the patient what's happening with their own body in real time, and they can see that on the screen, um, it really gives you a lot of buy-in and the patients can understand exactly what you're talking about. And, and it was really great for, you know, not only for me, but for patients as well. So yeah. I did that type of ultrasound scanning for a little bit. And then I started to get interested, okay, what else can we learn? You know, so I started to learn a little bit more about, you know, scanning tendons and shoulders and things like this. Um, and eventually even when I was doing dry needling, for example, which is just kind of like acupuncture, you're sticking acupuncture needles into muscles. Um, so for certain areas, like if you're going to do around the rib cage or the thorax, there's a chance you could go into the lungs. Um, I'd use ultrasound to make sure that I was as safe as I could be. Or that, you know, there's certain muscles as well that you really need to be careful around because there's big arteries and nerves and things like that. So ultrasound was fantastic for that. So, yeah, so, you know, I did that for a little while as well. Um, and I had a few physio practices and it just got to the stage for me where I was again still looking for something new and something interesting and I decided to start a business of importing ultrasound machines to sell to other physiotherapists at first and to give them training in you know how to use those machines in their practice how to get the most out of it for their patients and for their practice as well um, and eventually I started to get referrals from you know sports physicians who wanted to buy an ultrasound machine because they'd you know, being referred to us by a physio and then it was an anaesthetist and then it was an obstetrician and it just kind of grew from there. So, yeah. I mean, you've done a lot. You've done a lot in a, in a short space of time, I think, uh, Stuart. Just for anyone who's just joined us, um, this is Stuart Turner and he's uh, based in Sydney, Australia, and he runs Vino Australia, who are the equipment um, importer and distributor around Australia. Um, so you've, you've progressed and you're using ultrasound. You've been using it for a number of years now in your physiotherapy work. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So, um, so I'm not seeing patients as a physio anymore. Um, you know, ultrasound distribution, it's a big job. Um, and this is what I do full time now. I still own a physio practice, so I'm still kind of involved, but not day to day with patients or anything like that. Um, and, and yeah, so, so what I do now is, is essentially selling machines, give demonstrations, organize training sessions and all the, everything else that goes along with that. Amazing. It's just that uh, myself and Sonny, we've spoken to other practitioners in Australia, and you, I think you know them very well, Jake, Dr. Jake Sloan yep. and Dr. Martina Lavery. Um, yeah. And you were involved with training, as um, ultrasound aesthetics training with them a few months back, I think. Um, but how did, the, how did the progression into aesthetics come about, Stuart? So that was through my wife, actually. So she was seeing a doctor here in Sydney, Dr. Naomi, and this was a couple of years ago. Um, actually, some of it even goes further back than this, but I'll, I'll start with this. So a couple of years ago, um, Dr. Naomi started posting about ultrasound use in aesthetics, and my wife said, oh, 
they're talking about ultrasound. You, you really got to get in touch with them. So um, she set up a, an introduction with Dr. Naomi and I came in to give an in-service. And at that stage, I really didn't know anything about, you know, ultrasound for the face. I don't think many people did. This was, this was going back a couple of years ago. So I was like, all right, what do they want to know? So I asked a few questions. What do you want to know? And the main thing was about the arteries. So I'm like, all right, we can probably figure that out. So I went and I got a textbook. We got the, you know, how to look at the arteries and we just went there and I introduced the technology and really they were leading the training and they said, all right, let's find this artery. Let's find that artery. So we'd put it on the face, see what we could find, optimize the settings and all that type of stuff. So that, that was really the first real introduction and Dr. Naomi really got on board with it and she's been very supportive ever since and kind of set up a few, um, you know, she, she bought the machine for her practice and she introduced me to people um, in her practice, Dr. Chris Rogan, who's an interventional radiologist as well as an injector. So, um, you know, introduced me to a few people and we've started the training from there. But it actually goes back even further because I can remember... Um, you know, five or so years ago, I was, um, you know, getting the occasional interest from aesthetic doctors here in Australia. Um, and one of them just bought a machine a couple of months ago, I, I ran into him at a conference. And, you know, he was first inquiring five years ago, and was like, I, I wish I'd got on board with it back then, you know, I would have been, yeah. I would have been one of the first. And I'm like, well, you still kind of are, because it's all pretty new. Yeah, it's just in, in the UK where I'm based, um, it's really only been the last couple of years where things have really progressed. Um, but in terms of, in terms of training, um, I was talking about you knowing Martina and um, Jake in, in Sydney. Yeah. Um, you, you've met them both um, through training, I, I guess, a few months yeah. back when you yeah. were involved with Cutaneous who were based in Amsterdam in the Netherlands. And I've always got to mention a name, Dr. Leonie Schelke. Whatever yeah. we do involving ultrasound, I, I always end up mentioning a name, so I thought I may as well chuck it in today as well. Um, but it's Peter, Peter Veltwis, I think, who you met over in Australia. And how did, how did the whole aspect of training, provision of the ultrasound aesthetics yeah. training, how did that come about? That's a that's a good question. I actually can't remember exactly how it came about. I mean, ever since um, I got involved with aesthetics, you know, I've, I've met people, a lot of people just, you know, like yourself through Instagram. Um, and the community has actually been extremely welcoming. So Leonie, um, you know, we've just exchanged messages over the last couple of years. And I think um, even with Jake, when I found out that he was bringing cutaneous out to Australia, I think I might have just message them and said hey can I give you guys some machines for the course can I come and help with the training um and and I think that's probably how it happened if I'm remembering it correctly but um yeah. but you know everyone's been fantastic and welcoming and you know whatever knowledge that I can bring from my background with the machines or you know just from with what I've learned I've I've brought it there and I think um yeah it was I mean those workshops are amazing I got to do all three of them so they did a Wednesday, Saturday and Sunday. So that was really awesome for me to be involved with, you know, so much of that training during that time. Um, and yeah, so really, really fantastic workshops. Great. And, and who do you train? And do, have you got plans in the future for more training provision around the Sydney area or are you expanding further? Yeah, look, hope, hopefully if Cutaneous comes back, I'd love to be involved with them again. Um, in, in Australia at the moment, we are, um, obviously we sell machines for, you know, aesthetic practitioners. So we also have to run our own training to make sure that the people who are buying the machines get looked after as quickly as possible. So um, 
we've been running some workshops mainly for our customers but also for other people who are interested to come along as well so that's been with um, Dr. Chris Rogan. Um, we've done a few workshops already this year. So like I said, he's an he's a interventional radiologist, um, knows a lot about the aesthetic space as well. And the other person is Lisa Hackett, who is the ultrasound educator. So she um, is you know, an award-winning sonographer, educator, very, very passionate about teaching, but also very passionate about aesthetics as well. So um, you know, when she found out or saw through Instagram that I was doing stuff in aesthetics, she called me straight away and said, hey, you know, we've got we to gotta run some courses. We've got to do, you know, we've got to get out there and teach this. And she's really passionate about it too. So, um, so yeah, at the moment in Australia, we're running um, workshops as often as we can. Um, and we've, I think we've done, we've done a couple in Sydney and we've done one up at the Gold Coast as well. So, you know, yeah. next year it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll try and fit in with whoever's coming out to teach and, and everyone that's um, already teaching. Do you, do you get on with other specialists in Australia? I think um, Morbin Master, the radiologist, yeah. um, it's purely because I've, I'm setting up a, a research database, you know, of work carried out by practitioners and researchers around the world. And a lot of his work pops up um, involving radiography and ultrasound in particular. Do you, do you um, get on with, with the likes of Morbin? Yeah, absolutely. We had a um, a dinner down in Melbourne a few weeks ago, and um, and he came down, and it was fantastic to have him there. Um, he's trialling one of our little handheld ultrasound units at the moment, so um, hoping to get his feedback on that one very shortly. It's a it's a new wireless ultrasound unit from Vino. It's, it's really fantastic. So we'll see what he has to say about it very soon. I'm sure. Um, but, but yeah, Melbourne's great, and um, you know. Again, like a lot of people in the aesthetic space, he's very generous in terms of sharing his knowledge that he has and the info that he has. And, you know, I've, I've got customers who've called him, um, you know, and got help from him for vascular occlusions and things like that. So, um, so yeah, absolutely. We um, try and get to know everyone um, who's doing this type of work in Australia, and he's definitely one of the top people. Yeah, amazing. It's just that myself and Sonny, we speak to a lot of different practitioners and trainers and, re and researchers around the world. And uh, it's amazing how much knowledge they all have and uh, are willing to share with everyone who's interested in the subject. Um, but in terms of the actual equipment itself, Stuart, um, with practitioners um, thinking of using ultrasound, may not have decided for definite that they want to buy equipment to use in their practice. But in terms of the equipment, um, how would you how would you say the equipment differs from one brand, one type of device to another one? If somebody it really doesn't understand and wants to know what's the difference, what what makes the difference, yeah. what's going to get me to buy one piece of equipment compared to another one what would you say to them yeah i think it's it's actually quite tricky with ultrasound because unlike some other devices you can't judge an ultrasound based on its spec sheet so you can't look at one scanner which has you know certain number of frequency certain number of dynamic range etc and say oh this one's better than the other one um, it's one of those few pieces of technology where you actually have to see it for yourself at least see the images or at least see the video for yourself so that's the first thing i'd say is that you can't rely on the specifications alone and the other thing that i'd add to that is i think there's there's been some really good marketing about frequency um, and a lot of people the first question that they ask is how high does the frequency go 
And so a lot of people have got in their mind now that um, higher frequency means better quality scanner. Um, but frequency is just one small part of the puzzle when it comes to ultrasound. And in fact, if the frequency is too high, you miss out on penetration. So even in the face, I, I saw um, a live that you did with uh, Dr. Stephen Weiner, and you were talking about a particular unit which has a very high frequency, but it struggles to visualize deeper arteries. So that's the other thing that I'd add to that. I think frequency is important, but it's only a very small part of the puzzle. So I guess the short answer to the question, unfortunately, is you have to be able to see the pictures of the images for yourself, um, if not actually get to hold the scanner and see what it's like. So when people first contact me about buying an ultrasound machine, there's not one machine that I just say, hey, you have to buy this machine. We usually ask quite a few questions to figure out, you know, what, what does that person want? Do, are they always in the same room at the same time? Well, if so, why would you look straight away for a handheld or a super portable device? Because you might find that you can get more value for money in an entry level, you know, desktop device or something like that. So I think for aesthetics at the absolute least, you need to buy a good quality device because you're looking at small arteries in the face. So if you're going to buy a handheld device, there's definitely ones out there. Like we have the Vino Q. I can show you, I can show you yeah. that one here. So this is our, one of our little handheld devices. So something like this is going to be a really good starting point for facial ultrasound because it has good image quality. It has good Doppler sensitivity. Um, and yeah, it's a good quality unit, but most of the time we tend to end up, you know, advising people if they're thinking about doing it for the longer term to get a, get a entry level portable unit, something that's good quality, something that's going to last 10 years and, you know, the, you're going to be able to upgrade over time. So a lot of the Vino machines, for example, they'll give you a software upgrade every single year. So the machine actually gets better over time rather than something that, you know, is potentially only there's a couple of devices out there on the market that i see right now that i think they've probably only got three or four years in them you know they might overheat or they might have other issues they probably don't have that that long lifespan that's a really long-winded answer to a very simple <laughs> question <laughs> no it's 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 a it's a good way of, of describing the fact that there's no simple answer to that question it it involves a lot of yeah. different parts and um it, yeah. in, t in terms of practitioners who who are thinking of the device and using it um do you come yeah. across practitioners that that may end up you thinking they're going to just put it away and keep it locked put it in a cupboard somewhere not use it and only yeah. use it in an emergency what what do you think about the idea of using the ultrasound in your own practice once you've got it yeah i mean there's a couple of things there so number one you know, going back to your previous question, when you go to buy an ultrasound machine, make sure you speak to somebody who actually knows about your industry. So if it's aesthetics or something else, talk to somebody who actually understands exactly what you need, because they'll be able to point you in the right direction. And they'll make sure that you get a scanner that's, you know, it's not only going to fit your needs, your budget and all that type of stuff, but it's going to be usable for aesthetics. And the second part of that is make sure that you have some option for training, because if you buy an ultrasound machine, without an option for training and you don't have someone that you can call when you need help or just send a message to or whatever an email then it is going to sit in the drawer that's the reality if you don't know how to use the device then you're not going to get the most out of it you're going to get frustrated and it probably is going to sit in the drawer um and then in terms of you know 
do you use it all the time or just in an emergency? I think that, you know, for me, I would probably tend to use it a lot of the time because I think it helps to answer a lot of really important questions. I mean, you would know this uh, better than better than I would, but every practitioner is going to be a little bit different. And I think you just need to figure out exactly where it's going to fit into your practice. You know, mm -hmm. even as a physio, even though I loved ultrasound and I would use it a lot of the time, there would be days, maybe even weeks when I wouldn't use it because I wasn't seeing patients who needed it. I wasn't doing type of treatments that I needed to. And I'm sure that's the same in aesthetics. There's going to be certain, and I've heard people that you've spoken to and they don't use it all the time. Um, yeah. You know, they use it for very specific things that they want to know. It's all about using it as a tool to answer yeah. those clinical questions. But yeah. In terms of emergency versus everyday use, if you'd asked me that a couple of months ago, I probably would have had a different answer, but now I think that if you're not using it all the time, you're not going to be able to use it very well in an emergency. And so I think that having it there and just thinking, well, one day when I need it, if I need it, I'll be able to pull it out and use it. You probably won't because you just won't have the practice. You won't be good enough at it. You won't be able to, you know, see where that occlusion is. You know, it's something, it's a skill and it's something that you get better at with time. And so I think that, you know, if you want to be able to use it for an emergency situation, it's really handy to use it for non-emergency situations beforehand. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Um, it's just for myself, um, starting off using the device that I use, I use Aquarius. Um, yep. It's quite a steep learning curve. It's not a particularly easy area to start with when you've got no experience previously. And yeah. I think it just takes a lot of practice. The more you work with the device, the more patients you see. Um, it helps you to grow in confidence and ability. You, you tend to um, learn muscle memory. You know, you've got you, the way you move yeah. your hands around the device and along it, across the face, you, you gain uh, experience by doing that. And in my experience, you really need to practice a lot at the beginning and continue doing it regularly. Um, in terms of, in terms of uh, education and training with practitioners who may have undergone basic initial training when they, they're thinking about a device or may have purchased a device already. What, what do you think about ongoing training, you know, over a period of time, um, just like CPD for any practitioner, healthcare practitioner, we all need to maintain continual, continuing professional development. Um, but I think it really is, is important in ultrasound uh, training as well. Um, do you, do you, would you be involved in ongoing training to train practitioners over a period of time? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the exactly what you're talking about doesn't really exist right now anywhere that yeah. I can think of in the world. I think there's definitely a need for it. At some point that might be, you know, uh, where the colleges come in. I'm not sure if, yeah. if they may have plans to add that in the future. I know um, in Australia, the, um, the Australian College of Aesthetic Medicine has been quite interested in, in ultrasound training already and, you know, whether they have plans to add something to their curriculum in, in the future or some kind of course or pathway there. Um, certainly it's, it's what's happened in other professions, you know, obstetrics, for example, anaesthetists, they have training built into their specialization. So, um, yeah, at the moment we don't have that yet because people are still, I think in the beginner stage and perhaps the people like yourself who have been using it for a while are already kind of, you know, at the level where they would be giving that next lot of specialist training. So yeah, it's, it doesn't exist yet that I'm aware of. Have you come across anything 
um, no, more advanced no, trading? No, um, there's, there's different types of trading, like as we were talking about cutaneous. Um, yep. Leone and Peter, they organize trading all over the, the world. And I think Leone's over in Los Angeles right now in the States doing trading there. Um, but I think the... I think the concentration on training to help beginners from the start, um, there's more advanced training I think they provide as well. But I don't yeah. know of, of a, a controlled method by which practitioners uh, can enter a stage of training and progress along it. As you say, I think that involves work with um, education providers and the Royal Colleges, you know, who would uh, would. Uh, would help to organise training in, a, in an accredited form that can be done properly. So hopefully that's something that will progress in the future. And I think that'll probably answer some of your, you know, questions or, you know, curiosities about how people use this. Because if there is a standardised pathway, then, you know, people can choose where they kind of sit on that, you know, level of training as well. It was actually, I was talking to myself and Sonny, we were talking to a sonographer in Portland, Oregon last week, uh, Candice Steely. Yep. Candice, yeah. Do you, do you know her? Have you, have you come across uh, her? Same thing. We've chatted on Instagram just randomly as well. So, yeah. 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 yeah it's, actually, it's, just, it's actually a, a relatively small community, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, think so. I, think, yeah. I think we've we're running out of people to speak to each week. You know, myself and Sonny, we spoke to most of them over the last six months already. Yeah. Um but one of the things we were talking about last week with Candice was um certain posts on, on social media over the last few weeks um yeah. that were that were having a little bit of a go at, at ultrasound and maybe yeah. some of the people around it. Um scaremongering you know the public and scaremongering practitioners what in, in my experience myself and Sunny, we've just been um, describing our own journey and how we've yeah. spoken to specialists about the subject of ultrasound in aesthetics but what, what do you think about that what, what i don't know if you had any thoughts about the scaremongering issue that some people are, are saying that's going on yeah look i I mean, I also hadn't seen um, the scaremongering myself or I hadn't interpreted it that way. To be perfectly honest, I do try and stay out of it a little bit, try and stay a little bit more neutral as, you know, as a distributor. Um, but, you know, I did make a comment on one thing, which was just an observation of mine, was that I can't think of another industry where there's a stance either for or against ultrasound. You know, I think yeah. the time for that argument was probably 30 or 40 years ago when ultrasound was first, you know, invented, you know, there's not this, um, you know, it just doesn't happen. You know, you don't see, um, you know, an obstetrician, for example, saying, I do not believe in ultrasound. It just doesn't happen. They may choose not to have an ultrasound in their room. You know, most, yeah. most have one, but they may choose not to. Um, but I think they certainly wouldn't be against the use of the technology. So I find that quite interesting um you know as as far as scaremongering goes and do you need ultrasound to be safe necessarily you know i think that's that's a very valid argument as well in my personal opinion i think it's not going to take anything away from your safety i don't think it's going to make you any um worse i don't think it's going to give you any less information so you know how you use it and all that type of stuff but um yeah like i say it's something that i probably stay out of i'm not an injector so you know yeah. I, I can't yeah. speak to that what, what I have noticed, though, is that the people who are, you know, teaching this, I think they're not doing it as their main source of income. They're not doing it to, um, you know, to, to become famous or something. They have a genuine passion for what they do. 
They're very generous yeah. with their time. They're very generous in terms of sharing their knowledge and their research and all that type of stuff. Um, so no, I don't really buy into to them scaremongering to force people into using this technology. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just something I thought would be interesting to talk about. That's all. Um, yeah, it is. In, it's, it's a fascinating in, you know thing. I, I haven't come across it before. It's really interesting. It's, it's, it's some, some comments get on my nerves and I always end up having to say something on some of the posts that I read. Yeah. So I try, I try not to be too argumentative, but sometimes I just can't help it, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but things like, um, one of the things I was going to ask you about a practitioner who may be um, thinking about training um, to carry out ultrasound in their aesthetics work. They may have gone through the training. They may be in a position where they can start using a device. Um, how how would you how would you advise them about implementing the actual scanning within their normal work if they've got no plan as such you know about using it they may be worried about the time it takes to use the scanning you know within a process within a a, a plan of of work that they do in the clinic what would you advise yeah. them about um, implementing scanning yeah look I. I think you'd have to bring it back to ultrasound as a tool that you're going to use to answer a clinical question. So it depends on those questions that you have that regularly come up in your practice. Is it about safety and finding where the arteries are? Is it about um, knowing what's under the skin surface is in? You know, is that little bit of swelling caused by filler or is it fluid or is it something else? You know, so I think that's that's the first question you really have to think about. I think there's going to be... Again, I don't think there's going to be one answer for everyone. I don't think everyone should have to use ultrasound the same way in their practice. I think it's really open to using it as a tool that, that fits your practice and, and the way that you're going to do it. And I think talk to your peers, talk to your colleagues who are already using ultrasound. You know, it's fine for me as an uninjector to say this is how I would use it. Um, but fortunately now we have, you know, hundreds of people out there using ultrasound who are, who are typically very happy to share you know, their approach to using it. So I think that's probably a better question for you to be perfect. I mean, how do you use it? Are you using it, um, you know, on every patient? What are you doing? Use it regularly. You know, it's not just about the patient, but also it it helps you learn about base, about anatomy, which you just wouldn't be able to do without the device. Um, I use it in pretty much every patient I see on a daily basis. So every filler, dermal filler patient, um, vascular mapping with all of them. And doing that also improves my ability and experience of using it in other patients as well. Yeah. Um, I also use it for um, toxin injections, for masseter injections, um, to assess uh, muscle depth and, again, look at the anatomy. Yeah. Um, but using it also for guided injection, it's very useful and it gives me, um, it makes me feel safer in, in the treatments I carry out for patients. As you said right at the beginning, patients enjoy being able to see what you can see and they yeah. can work out exactly why you're doing something, why you're recommending that for them. That's, that's what yeah. I feel. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, if I was a patient, I would love, you know, for the injector to be able to explain all of that to me and, you know, the exact layers and the anatomy and all that type of stuff. Because as you, I'm sure you've seen, everyone's anatomy is actually quite different and a lot, it doesn't mm -hmm. look very much like it does in the textbook. It really doesn't. When you put the, the scanner on, you'll see most things are just a little bit different to what 
you know, is illustrated in textbooks, but yeah. It's just, um, again, going back to Leone, I always have to mention her a few times during a, a live with, about ultrasound, <laughs> but um, just just yesterday, um, there were, she's published some work with um, Peter, Peter Beltwis and Sebastian Cortefana. They've published some work looking at some uh, new data that they've found as a result of using ultrasound about backflow um, when you inject a filler into tissue. One of the things that was never identified previously before ultrasound was used was the fact that when you inject into a certain depth using a needle or a cannula in particular, you get backflow filler along the the whole length of the needle that's progressed to that point. Um, That's one one thing. one of the first things that, that we noticed when, you know, we put the ultrasound machine on, you know, going back a couple of years and yeah. people are like, that's not, that's not where the fill is supposed to be. Yeah. Where it is. <laughs> the other, there was another thing. There was two uh, past parts of that work. And the second part that they identified, again, over the last couple of years, um, certain tissue within certain areas of the face called SMAS. Um, yep. When injecting with a needle, um, you'd assume that the needle passes straight through the tissue and it touches the bone, say for a cheek injection. But yeah. what they've found is a, a lot of the times when they're doing assessments of the tissue after a treatment's been carried out, the filler's actually in the smas. It hasn't penetrated. It's actually stayed in, in this layer, which ends up causing nodules and all sorts of problems afterwards. And that's, again, because of ultrasound. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, it's and it's it's so easy. It's so easy to check that. It's so easy to see yeah. that as well, and it's incredible. Yeah, it, it really was one of those really interesting things, and why you know why it's been so enjoyable to work in um, this field in the last couple of years is there's just such a strong use case for it, and when people yeah. see what's actually happening for the first time, they're blown yeah. away. You know, they're like, wow, like that's that's where that is, and that's where this is, yeah. and you know, that's where you know, it's it's really fascinating. In in the future, looking at what may change over time, um, I suppose equipment will improve, um, equipment will change. Also, software, software within the device will always improve. And there's uh, the the manufacturers, the developers of the equipment tend to produce software updates to improve what can be carried out and how well it's done as well. Um, I was interested when you posted a while back, Stuart, using one of your Vino devices, I think it was, you, you carried out a scan of, I don't know if it was a Templar or another part of someone's yeah. face. You created a 3D image based on multiple scans using ultrasound. Is that part of the software in the Vino devices? It is. Um, I've got one here. I wonder if it's got 3D on it. I could show you. But it's, it's, all you do is you sweep, the, um, you sweep the transducer across the head in real time. And yeah. as you're sweeping back, it's the machine is memorizing all of those layers yeah. or all of those images. And then at the end, you just press the button and it, it um, prints out this 3D image which right. you can then rotate and move around. Um, so, yeah, so it's a really good way to appreciate things in 3D. Amazing. It's amazing what, what things are progressing in terms of using ultrasound. Um, what would you say is the future of ultrasound in aesthetics um, for, for practitioners and for patients? What do you think is going to be the future of the technology? I, I do think it's going to become a standard of care for most people. I don't think everyone is going to 
you know, in aesthetics is going to buy an ultrasound scanner. I think that there's always going to be people who either resist it or choose not to upskill in that. And, you know, perhaps they may even, you know, refer onwards when they, you know, you know, need something dissolved or get an occlusion, whatever. Um, I do see it becoming the standard because you're right, the technology is going to improve. Um, scanners are becoming more affordable um, to a large extent, or at least they have done over the last 10 or so years. Um, the image quality is getting better. So if, you know, if you look at these handheld devices that are out there now, which you can get for less than $10,000, that was a $100,000 big computer, you know, not that long ago, you know, within the last 10 years. So I do think it's, it's going to become more and more accessible and more people are going to start to use it. And I, I do hope that it becomes a standard of care because I think that, um, you know, it, it, it really is showing, you know, what best practice can be and, um, you know, upskilling to that extra level for the patients. Yeah, well, thanks a lot. Um, that's pretty much it, Stuart. I think we've covered everything. It's gone, it's been about 35 minutes or so we've been talking, so it's gone well. Um, really nice speaking to you. It's really nice for you, um, really nice for me to be able to speak to you this evening yeah, um, in Sydney. We'll hopefully um, maybe do a live again in the future some point and we'll be able to go through what's changed since um since yeah. today's live and it'd be nice to nice to be able to talk to you again if that's all right that'd be awesome we can show you some of those um cool features and stuff one day maybe yeah it, hopefully at some some point in the future we may well meet up myself sunny you and maybe jake and martina as well maybe meet up in australia at some point. It'd be nice to come to nice. australia it'd be nice to see you all together so thanks very much for that um Next Thursday, I think Sonny will hopefully escape the haunted house and be able to join me um, for another live on Thursday. Um, we haven't got a guest in next Thursday, but I think what we'll do is a review of, of people we've spoken to over the last couple of months. Um, it's always nice to go back and see what we've talked about with different people. Um, but we'll be doing that on Thursday the 27th at half past eight. And hopefully we'll get um, people interested in uh, looking at what we've done over the past few months. Um, but again, just wanted to say a big thank you, Stuart. Uh, for anyone watching, this is Stuart Turner. He's with Vino Australia and you can follow him um, on Instagram with the uh, ID. It's real-time underscore ultrasound, is it, Stuart? That's right, yeah, real-time ultrasound. Yep, with the underscore. With the stuff. Follow Stuart um, and anyone who has maybe questions about equipment and training, you'd be happy to answer uh, questions. Yeah, ab absolutely. Even if they're from the UK or somewhere else, you know, anywhere in the world, if you've got a question about yeah. ultrasound or a particular technology or a particular scanner, um, please ask. You know, I'm always happy to give feedback. If I, if I know about the product, I'll definitely, you know, give honest feedback. Great. Thanks very much for that. You're based in Sydney in Australia, just for every, anyone who's in that area. Um, yep. Great. That is pretty much it. I just wanted to say a big thank you again and have a great um, rest of today, although it's late evening now, I think, isn't it, for you over in Sydney? It is. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on and uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend, Vin. You too. Thanks a lot, Stuart. I'll catch you again soon. Thanks. See you soon. See ya.